Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. You're listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. Very exciting today. We have our first interview of some contestants from season three. We're chatting to Atlanta and Jeff. Yes, the first team, sadly eliminated from season three, joined us to have a chat about their time on Lego Masters and how they found the whole experience. Take a listen. I want to warn you guys, this interview is very fun for us <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's going to be really fun for you guys as well but I do kind of get a bit in the weeds just asking them about things that I want to know about so if that makes for a bad listening experience I'm sorry I'm kind of sorry I'm like 60% sorry because I had a great time <laughs> we have some very special guests on the pod today I'm super super excited but also sad that you're here it's very bittersweet Jeff and Atlanta thank you so much for joining us today it's good to be here. Thank you for having us. I want to say that you are like some of our early favorites. So <laughs> as much as we're keen to chat to you today, it yeah, it is sad because it obviously means that you've been eliminated. I'm not happy about it. We know Parente is very unhappy about it. He's had a lot of thoughts, which we'll get into a little bit later. <laughs> but tell us, how was your time on Lego Masters? I, I was fantastic. Um at least from from my point of view, um, like we got to build some some crazy absurd things, and um, I mean, and and like we got to meet some amazing people. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it was really surreal, kind of dipping under that door for the first time and seeing Hamish and Brickman. Um, I think that the biggest thing about it, though, is that you know we've we're all so close. Um, like all of us contestants are so close, so we um we have this beautiful little kind of family that we've built, and we we now have and we talk like on the daily. So Aww. it's um it's amazing. That was definitely something that we found with last season chatting to all the contestants was just this like real sense of family, everyone being really close immediately. So it's nice that that's definitely carried through this season. Did you guys have a particular pair that were like your favorites or was it like, I can't pick my favorite child? <laughs> um, I don't think we had like a, a favorites. We bonded really, really well with Anthony and we, we filmed during in COVID lockdown in Melbourne. Mm. So we're all very much isolated. So it was all just having dinners together and everything. But yeah, um, everybody yeah. was just amazing. <laughs> Yeah, Anthony. He um, I I had I started to kind of mama mama duck him, if you will. I was like, <laughs> bit, I yeah. was like, have you eaten? Like, and he was like, oh, how do I order food on Uber Eats? Oh and I was like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I <forgot about> that. <laughs> so I had to set him up an account and everything. Um, but yeah, some of the nights I was like, hey man, I've got some extra food. Come over and Aww. have some dinner. So yeah, we'd hang out and we'd play board games and stuff like that, and we'd de-stress after everything which was it was really nice we watched Hamilton we watched Hamilton oh, um wow. I'm it was actually a part that they cut out which of course because 
like copyright right <laughs> but like Anthony and I were jamming in the brick pit like singing Hamilton songs while sorting out bricks that oh we needed gosh. fairly certain you got <laughs> told off for that as well yeah because <laughs> they just like you can't sing that guys you can't <laughs> sing that and I was like damn it that does kind of answer a question that I've been wanting to ask this season and it's not so much you guys but a lot of times we'll see one of the two members of a team in the brick pit for what seems to be like 45 minutes, just gone. And so like my question was, what are you guys getting up to in the brick pit? And the answer seems to be Hamilton. <laughs> yes. That's a big thing. Also, there is, there's very much the, um, if you're trying to figure out how to build something, you're, you're sort of wandering around the brick, brick pit, mm. looking at different pieces, um, especially for, for certain little things. Um, it ends up because if you're figuring out how to build it at the same time, it ends up being easier to build it in the brick pit because you can just run back back and forth between all the little pieces that you need. Like I think it was definitely displayed um, in episode three where Anthony calls Jess. He's like, "Hey Jess, have a look at this," and he's put together a little reindeer in the brick yeah. pit. Yeah. So especially when we're still trying to figure out certain ideas or concepts, we usually hang out in the brick pit just a little bit more just to. So we're able to drop through different little pieces to be able to put like a piece, like a mock together um, before we actually have to, you know, go all the way back to the table and then all the way back to the brick pit. Um, so it's able to kind of minimize that time. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That checks out. Yeah, that makes sense. You mentioned before, Jeff, that you were obviously filming this during COVID and I'd love to know how that was and kind of how it changed the experience. Like were you guys sort of, I mean, you're obviously able to socialize to a degree where you kind of in like a little hub together. Yeah, they, um, every contestant got put into the same hotel um, mm-hmm. uh, during lockdown, even the ones in Melbourne, um, just to, to isolate them and to ensure there wasn't any possibility of like breaking that bubble. We all were in the same hotel, pretty much all on the same floor. So we all like even once we wrapped filming for the day, we all went back and still hung out. We're all very much in this our own little isolated bubble. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, we um there was there were many a times that um we were all on the same level, which I feel like was great, but also a terrible mistake because we always <laughs> were just like, Hey, what's everyone doing? Like I remember one night I cooked like a whole heap of pasta and you know when you cook pasta and you're like, Oh, I'm not cooking for two people and it's for like 20 um I was like anyone anyone want pasta and Sarah was like yeah yeah I'll take some so I was like sweet I'll come give you some pasta yeah I was wondering kind of how that would work because obviously on the show they try to make everyone look socially distanced to a degree like you're sort of standing in pairs 1.5 meters apart and I was like surely these guys are hanging out afterwards <laughs> yeah we, we we were to a degree um it, it is like so basically anytime that the cameras aren't on we're all wearing masks and everything oh, okay. um yeah there was a very strict no hugging rule which very it sucked a lot during the elimination yeah. <laughs> oh it was uh, so tough you see Amy in that third episode yeah. Oh, my heart breaks every time um <laughs> I didn't realize because I didn't realize how emotional she was like I knew mm. she was emotional because like when we had gotten it and I like gestured over I looked around and I saw David who was crying and I was like oh, oh no keep going saw Fleur Fleur was crying I was like oh no see Amy's just gutted face and I was like mm. oh I'm done I cannot anymore um and yeah and then seeing it on seeing it the other night I was like oh my goodness, like this is insane. It was very 
emotional. We were obviously devastated. Yeah, it's such a tough one. And like we know they were doing COVID tests every day and that sort of thing. So we're obviously really glad they were still able to make the show during everything. But it does obviously make it a lot harder for you guys as well. I think we should talk about the elimination now. Parente, I don't know how much (laughs) detail you want to go into about how you felt. Um, but needless to say, we we didn't we didn't think it was fair. <laughs> I'm sure you've had so many thoughts about if only we'd done this differently, if only we'd done that differently. Like, where do you sort of sit now? Is there sort of one key change you would have made, or would it, would it just be a top to bottom different um, build? Well, for- a big thing key change was is if we'd known how much snow there was going to be. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so much snow. Um, <laughs> we had no idea. This was my next question. <laughs> Absolutely no idea that there was going to be two inches of snow that would yeah. cover everything. Because, yeah, um, yeah there, there was no demonstration or anything of, of what, like, it would look like, like an yeah. example beforehand. So we all didn't guess and we all underestimated <laughs> how much snow there was going to be. <laughs> so definitely if we had known that, we would have... Um, like not done as much detail on the ground, yeah. um, sort of maybe uplifted a few things, made some crevices for the snow to fall into. Um, yeah. But yeah, we just didn't know. <laughs> crevices for the snow, snow to fall into is a really smart idea. And we spoke about this on our episode breakdown um, the other day about how we, we wondered how much you guys knew and kind of how much you were briefed on it. So it's very interesting to know that you basically had no idea. Yeah, if we had known that that snow was going to come up that high, we would have done so many things more differently. Um, mm. But sadly, yeah, the snow did not fall in our favour. <laughs> Even so, was, was there any details on that build that we didn't really get to see on TV? Because that is one tough thing. Mm. It's so difficult to illustrate all the thought that goes into a build yeah. on the TV show. So could you walk us through some stuff that we might not have seen? Atlanta's sheep. Oh, yeah, okay. Atlanta built lots of little sheep that were hidden around Stonehenge. There were so many little stories in our builds that were completely missed. Um, Can I go through them? Is that okay? Yeah, please do. Okay, okay. So with Cheese God. Love the Cheese God. Baby Jesus. Mm -hmm. We actually, there was, it wasn't, I think it was, yeah, it was a rebellion of little, like uh, little sentient cheeses that all had like weapons and everything at the front of the the temple itself um ready to kind of rebel and there were all these tiny little little cheeses and they were really really cute um they had like big um the big sesame street eyes too which were really kind of comical there was also like a guy that was holding up a cheese cart like a bit of a bandito if you will um (laughs) there were so many little things in the chains at the top where that 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 are holding down baby cheeses Mm -hmm. um one of the one of the guys keeping a prisoner is actually wrapped up in the cheese hanging like the chains hanging upside down um so many little things We we had way too much fun with that build. Yeah, I love my mini stories. I didn't, yeah, I love them so much. The smashing episode, there's an ice cream party happening on top with all of the uh, the Dark Knights like minions. They're just, yeah. you know, they're having a bit of a break. <laughs> um, if you definitely go and have a look at the photos, you can see them all hanging out on top of was actually sitting on the edge um, and he's noticed that there is incoming forces, um, which was adorable to add. Um, That was a lot of fun. Um, And then, yeah, the Stonehenge, I've got all of my little sheep that I made. Um, I found one, one actual Lego 
uh, lamb from the like the friends kits. <laughs> so I was able to use one of them, which was really cute. Um, <laughs> but apart from that, a lot like the the rock lit up. Um, there's actually two guys in the back which are like cooking um, some fish and stuff, and all of the um the guys at the front that are like the the tourists there's actually like one guy that they've gotten in to get a photo with and then you can see his like boss in the background his boss druid being like hey wait what are you doing like oh. get back over here but yeah some of them are just they're just real kind of kooky wacky ideas um which i just i don't know i just fell in love with them they were mm. so weird <laughs> something i've been banging on about the last few episodes is your ideas and your creative brains and how it definitely feels like something random comes to your mind and you're just like, that's it. Let's do it. Let's not overthink it. And I was really excited to see what you were going to come up with next. So I'm sad. (laughs) I think it's kind of this way Atlanta and I really are. With the cheese garden, baby cheeses, for example, we'd settled on the idea of the temple. Um, but it wasn't until a couple hours into the build where we're building it. We, 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 we knew we had needed something that they would worship. Mm. And Atlanta just turns around and goes, what if they worship cheese? I, to this day, I don't know what prompted it. Relatable. I'm not sure Atlanta even knows. <laughs> don't even need to prompt it. Like, come on, cheese is, cheese is life. You don't need a reason to do cheese. Just cheese. It was just instantly, yes, let's do that. And then mm. it all, like the, the dark backstory ended up just building off it when we, we just kept talking <laughs> so about it dumb. as we were yeah. building it. Like, oh, what if they're harvesting the cheese? What if they captured the cheese? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, it was um <laughs> the darn cheese. We I don't know. We just got into like a habit of just doing trying to do like sentient things. Like mm. it was just crazy. I was so excited because if we had ever gotten to the finale, we were going to do like a land, like a cityscape where like huge sentient foods are fighting each other. Oh, that is so good. Oh my it's gosh. Like Godzilla, King Kong battle, but like it's yeah. a slice of pizza versus a hot dog. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And very topical with Godzilla versus Kong in cinemas at the moment as well. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so had you guys had much experience building Lego before you went in? Like, had you done it competitively at all? Or was it more just a hobby? Hobby. Um, we'd never done it competitively. We, we'd done it among, um, like, uh, ourselves, um, mm-hmm. especially during COVID lockdown last year. That was, it was a big thing for us during that. So, no, we, we never really, we, we hadn't done any exhibitions or anything competitively with Lego before. Um, but we decided to take a chance. <laughs> yeah, we did a lot of kind of hobby building and now we're getting into mocks and everything, which will be a lot of fun. We were sitting in our, our old house in our office and Jeff comes by the, you know, season three, apply now. And he's like, we should, we should just apply. Like we've we'd just finished season two. Like we'd gotten back into Lego at this stage. We'd spent a couple hundred thousand dollars on Lego. Um, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, ah, oh. he's like, what's the worst that could happen? What's the worst? I was like, I was like, okay, fair. Like worst thing that's going to happen, you know, we don't, don't hear anything back. Nothing goes forward. Right. So we took a swing and we applied for it and yeah, we got it, which was crazy i still remember when we got the first call back i was at work and like this call comes through and obviously i, I didn't answer it left it to a voicemail and it's it's just like hey it's so and so from lego masters and i told atlanta and her exact reaction was f off no yeah. it's not real <laughs> <laughs> sent me the recording and everything and i was like no nah, it's not real Mistake. <laughs> you're like checking the date you're like is it april 1st what's going on <laughs> yeah but yeah it was insane and then yeah everything from there just kind of ricocheted and it was 
amazing. And then once you knew you were in, what was your preparation process like? Did you just buy a bunch of Lego and just try and make up challenges and do them? Yeah. Well, so we actually, in isolation, we started playing like Lego Pictionary. Oh my gosh. Oh, amazing. That's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's all right. It was also very tough. You need to give yourself a lot more time than, of course, what you would in mm. Pictionary. Um, but yeah, it was it was something that kind of we it allowed us to do like really small, silly kind of mocks. And when I did the unicorns, that's where like I I had recent like previously playing uh, Lego Pictionary, we had to do a barn. So I did like most of the framework of a barn and just this horse kind of hanging out. Mm. And that's where I was just basically able to build from like build the unicorn from that like remembering that idea. Well, I think it was especially that horse started out as a sheep. Then you made the head and it was like, actually, that's more of a horse head. Screw it. It's a horse now. Yep. That's <laughs> <laughs> just, just the way it is. <laughs> and so once you were in the competition, was it as you had expected it would be based on kind of how you watched the previous seasons? Um, yeah, it, you get a sense of like it's it's full on. The... The, 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 there is a lot of stress involved, especially that first build. And I think I think a big thing which we discovered in that in that first, but I think and I think other teams had this as well is is you can buy all the Lego in the world at home. Once you're given access to the brick bit, you're kind of overwhelmed a little bit yeah. in terms of what you have access to. Um, there is and like it's it's never shown, but especially in that first episode, I had my what I called my box of shame, which was Lego that I'd gotten from the brick pit, but then not ended up using. So it was just sitting <laughs> behind the table. Because um, I felt bad for all the people who had to resort it. Well, I can't remember who it was. I can't remember if it was David or Anthony or maybe even Michael, but they just wanted, they just, they were in there and they just like, I just want to use one of everything. And I was just like, I think there's a limit. Like, yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, we'll throw a teddy bear in there and a flag and, you know, maybe some roof pieces. It'll all work. <laughs> like there's an extent where you, you have to really just like limit yourself. And we did not limit ourselves in that first challenge. No, there were so no. many things where we should have just been like, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't do that. Um, but we did. <laughs> yeah, you got to make the most of it while you can. Right? Yeah, exactly. Why not put a mosaic on every side of things? The way it comes across on 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 TV is pretty much um, how it is when you're mm. when you're building. It's 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 long hours of building. It does go by very quickly, especially the the second half. You, it'll disappear very quickly. Like it's like, oh, yeah, I can build this thing in an hour, and three hours go by, and you're oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> Was there a team that was clearly the messiest in the brick pit and would leave it like <laughs> just like picking up bricks and not caring where they put them? Was there someone who was clearly the worst? Um, Gossip. Drama. I don't <laughs> think so. I remember coming into the brick pit. This is like my own. End. I think I think it was Owen or Scotty. And I just remember them just digging through the leaves and literally just like <laughs> shuffling them out to pull out these leaves. I can't remember if it was Owen or Scotty. Um, but I just, or maybe even Darwe, but it was someone who was going through the leaves and like, just like throwing them like everywhere. Um, <laughs> but within saying that, like we've all done our like silly stuff. Like I accidentally got hooked on, um, one of, uh, one of like the, it wasn't technic, it was something, one of the sides of a, of a, a bucket which pulled it entirely down um, and everything went everywhere and you're oh, like, no. oh, no. Um, and then it's just like, no, it's okay, keep going. <laughs> at some point during the episodes, everybody at one stage will knock over a bucket of Lego and it's always, it's, it's heart-wrenching because you think, oh, someone knocked over that model? Oh, no, it's just a bucket. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> um, 
but I don't think there's any like any one of us is, is the messiest because especially towards the end of those challenge, there's there's no worrying about what mess you're making. There's there's ten minutes left and you need pieces. You're just you're just running back and forth. Who gives it? Like you don't care about it. I think the only problem is when you actually need to move your build. Oh. That's when you're like, oh no, I really should try to clear all of this because if I have one wrong movement, that's my entire model gone. You're like, who put all this Lego here? <laughs> Yep. One of the the strangest experiences was um, in the brick pit. Was I walked in and it was when Scotty was filling up the towel with heads from his from the the, mm-hmm. the second episode, and he's just dipping his two hands into the the heads bucket in the brick pit and just carrying an entire handful out <laughs> at a time. <Yes. laughs> oh, that's so good. Uh, so Atlanta, some of some people who follow you on Instagram might have heard you answer this question the other day because you did a live stream about what exactly your job is as a dice consultant. So people can go check that out because I think it's still in your Instagram, that live stream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But for the sake of this podcast, what's the best dice? Oh, best <laughs> dice. Oh, my goodness. That's like choosing children. I can't do that. Damascus um, Within saying that, my first well, – so you're a Damascus. I love copper because it changes in color variation. But the special thing about my copper set is that it's actually been heat treated. So when you heat treat certain metals, they change pretty colors. Um, so my copper, where it has copper throughout it, but it's also got beautiful hints of purple and blue um, because it's all been heat treated. So that's – a lot of fun. So it's like an iridescent copper dye. Kind of, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. That's so cool. And Jeff, what, what did you say? It was you said something that sounded fancy? Damascus steel. Is that <laughs> um, a real thing? It is. <laughs> it is. It's um. So it's it's actually it's it's two different types of steel that have been like folded and pressed and twisted all around, so that when you um apply a little bit of acid to the outside of the, of the metal, you actually it shows a like a, a a really in depth wavy pattern throughout the metal. Oh, cool. Okay, mm. these are good tips. These are good dice tips. Well, <laughs> dice is how Atlanta and I met. Yeah, I mean, I, for sure, I knew you guys are the people to ask. Look, I'm not asking any of the other teams about dice. I got to get all my <laughs> dice questions in right now. <laughs> it was yeah. actually hilarious after the first episode aired. Um, Darwin was like, "Wait, dice, really?" And I was like, "Darwin, we've talked about Ooh. this." <laughs> and so I actually did a call with them to explain to them what I do so they were all like oh of course (laughs) what's your favorite dice in regards to like I like rolling a d20 the best obviously that's a a basic thing to say but like (laughs) I like me a d8 just because it's got like depending on what kind of dice set you're using they have really nice sharp edges and it's got those two little points um which I really enjoy the hand feel of yeah yeah um, I unfortunately am. I'm very basic. I love my D20s. Yeah, <laughs> um, something about it. It's the, the meatiest role there is. There's just something about a nat 20 that makes you feel like it's like a serotonin boost. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hate D4s because with Atlanta thing, because we have fancy metal dice, a D4 is dangerous. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, when we were moving, um, I don't, uh, don't ask me why dice ended up on the floor, but I stepped on a metal D4. Oh, <laughs> it went straight into his foot. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's maybe the only thing worse than standing on a Lego is yep. an yep. unrounded metal D4. Pain. <laughs> I've been wondering, guys, a big deal was made with last year's South Australian contestants, Trent and Josh, that they said Lego instead of Lego, <laughs> to much consternation around Australia. Yet I'm pretty sure I've only been hearing you guys say Lego. 
What's the deal? Look, did they lie to us? So Atlanta's got an excuse. Atlanta's originally from Brisbane, so that's that's her excuse. <laughs> I, I definitely feel at some point in my life I, I have said Lego in the past. After uh, being with Atlanta for so long, I think she may have subconsciously trained me out of it. <laughs> so it, 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 it back into saying Lego. I'm nodding. I'm nodding. You can't see me, but I'm nodding. <laughs> um, so that's if I've betrayed my fellow South Australians, it's all Atlanta's fault. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's fine. Go, come for me. I don't care. I'm from <laughs> Queensland. We just take it. <laughs> it's Lego. We're right. Trust me. I know. <laughs> We're with you on that. I also was curious with you guys. Last season, we had a Star Wars episode, and this season, we've been teased at a Marvel episode or an Avengers episode. Which one would you guys have preferred to do? Star Wars. I'm Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. Yes, my people. Instantly Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars or Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. I would have loved if they had done Harry Potter. Uh, we were all thinking four, Harry Potter. Harry Potter build. We need Harry Potter. <laughs> oh my gosh, please. Atl- that would be uh, so cool to watch. Atlanta's in the middle of doing the Hogwarts castle at the moment, so. Oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. How big is, is that build? In my head, it's like as a kid, I always saw it as being like massive, but you never know when you're a child how big things actually are. Um, so our dining table is probably 1.8 meters by, I'm going to say like point. Uh, it takes up majority of the dining oh table, God. so it's huge. Wow. <laughs> Same thing with Diagon Alley. Um, if you've ever seen the Diagon Alley build fully laid mm. out, that thing's mm-hmm. also huge. That's yeah, massive. <laughs> but yes, yeah, sorry, sorry. Star Wars. Would have loved to have done Star Wars. Um, oh my goodness. What would we have built, Jeff? I guess for starters, would you have gone, and I had a lot of thoughts about the way they divided up the builds, but they roughly kind of had like dark side or light side, which isn't a thing. Don't bring it up again. But do you know, do you have strong feelings about which direction you would have gone? <laughs> oh, that's right. They had dark side, light side, and they had like uh, the Nomad side, kind yeah. of, right? The grey zone or something. Just, just everything Look, else. Look, after watching Mandalorian, um, I would have loved to have done something Mando, like not even necessarily Mandalorian. I would have loved to have done something that's... We would have done something weird, like ended up doing like some sort of Gungan ship, yes. I feel. Um, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. One of the um the, the underwater Gungan ships. Yes, yeah. that would have been fantastic. Yes. Even though it would not have been something that would have been requested at all, but we would have just kept thinking of like Darth Jar Jar and we would have just kept going there. <laughs> Do you guys subscribe to the Darth Jar Jar theory? Yes. Uh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Oh, 100%. <laughs> I'm, 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 a, I'm a big Lucas fan, and I strongly believe that his vision should have been untarnished. Oh, definitely. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. I'm just, I, I'm so convinced. I just, like, I go back and I look at it, and I'm like, yep, definitely. He is the greatest Sith Lord. Oh, 100%, yeah. Um, was there anything that you guys definitely wanted to touch on, like things that were cut out of the show that you wish weren't or anything like that? Our cheese puns. We put so many <gasps> cheese puns into the first episode that didn't make it. Oh, no. <laughs> I, you know what, Atlanta? I did notice that you had some really good puns, especially in the that last episode with the snow globe. That's cute as fox. Yeah, the cute. Oh, fox. I was so excited. And there was another snow one, and I was like, "This girl has good puns." I feel like we're not seeing them all. Oh, no, there were so many that were gone. Cute as fox <laughs> is maybe the first time that someone snuck an f bomb into Lego Masters. So congrats yeah. on that as well. I know. I know. I was so excited. I was like, I can't. I can't believe I did that, and they used it. <laughs> yeah, we, we had we had so many cheese puns like like um this is unbelievable. Uh, I can't bear this. Um, 
No, we're fed. We're fedder than this. We, we need to do. We need to do better. <laughs> yeah, there were so many. Oh, and then in the in the in the first in the first episode, there's a there's a scene where I almost leave Atlanta hanging for a high five. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can't believe they added that. Oh no. What they cut um, away from was uh, about a second later, Hamish runs by to intercept. Oh. <laughs> and I guess the the last question and the biggest question, still early days in the season, but if you guys had to make a call, do you have any predictions about who you think? could take out the the win for this season. David and Gus. Oh, yeah, we've talked about this God. so many times. Um that fox, yes, you guys got to see it on screen from 40 different to, angles. From 40 <laughs> different angles. Um we got to see it from every angle and oh my goodness, it doesn't even do it justice. Like it was Stunning, the ears, the just the facial expression. Like I cannot, and and the fact that they managed to pull that off in one of the shorter time length mm. builds, yeah. like yeah. Uh, it's incredible. Um, <sighs> I I suspect there's going to be a lot more amazing things from them mm. to come. I agree. Yeah, I I like once again love everybody um so much, but I think for mm. sure, like the builds that we went on, I'm I'm I think everyone's was stunning. Um, so it's just, you know, it's just going to get harder from here. Yeah. And then Anthony and Jess are also a good one because a- Anthony's pure, uh, like unfiltered passion and love for Lego is just intoxicating. Yeah. That yeah, kid that, that kid is just lives, it. lives and breathes Lego. Mm. Uh, amazing, guys. Great insights. Was there anything that you guys wanted to plug of yourselves before <laughs> before we let you go? You go first, Jeff. I don't have anything to plug. So. <laughs> oh, okay, awesome. Well, that's perfectly fine. Hello, everybody. Um, hello, Internet. Um, I am uh, Atlanta, uh, but... I also run an awesome Twitch channel called Level Up underscore TTV. Um, we play we play a lot of role playing games, and you know, at the moment we're beta testing this beautiful game called Othello: Birth of Sin, um, and it's a beautiful space horror. Um, probably not for the kids, but we do have other shows on the channel like Sarah's Table, which plays princesses in the world of Awesome Town. So definitely check it out you heard her people check it out straight after this episode off you go <laughs> <laughs> go 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 uh, awesome well thank you so much for joining guys it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show it's been fantastic anytime thank you Thank you so much for listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed. This has been such a fun interview. But the good news is it's not the last one. We're going to try and chat to every team after they get eliminated on the show. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast and hopefully you can catch them all like Pokemon. Make sure you're following us on our socials over at Instagram. That's Lego Masters underscore Deconstructed. And on Twitter, it's LMD the pod. As always, feel free to slide into our DMs. Give us your thoughts, chat to us during the episodes and ask any questions. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.